Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. We are talking about the ultimate FOMO today, which is fear of man, right? Fear of man is the ultimate fear of missing out. It is called out in the Bible a lot. It has always existed with us. It is a fear that the enemy uses against us to follow the ways of the world instead of following Jesus. We're afraid of people and what they think. We're afraid of people and what they might do. There is a lot going on in our society today around the world. And if you're in the United States, oh my gosh, the lies that have swirled in our country for the past 40 years are coming to a head and it is getting louder and louder. And that drumbeat is getting just so much more intense. But so few of us feel we can control what happens in the big world out there. But we can control what happens in our world, in our relationships, where we work, our families, our church, our community. We can influence a lot. But but one of the things we have to uproot is the fear of man. And we're going to get into this. We'll start with a reading and maybe a little bit of an expansion. And then the next podcast, we'll delve really into scripture on this. So here we go. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone. Not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So, whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. So, as we get started today, I just want to let you know a few things. When I read this section of the book, Somebody Lied to You, this is coming out of the chapter about fear of man. And we just talked about how that's the ultimate Christian FOMO, right? I write and reference a lot of scriptures as I write in parentheses. To say that as I read it is confusing and kind of, it's just, it's hard to keep up with. And since we're not pausing to actually go through the Bible, I skip those when I read, but we're going to get to those in the next podcast. So don't worry. There are lots of scripture references. I promise I'm not just writing fluidly out of my mind. This is based in scripture, but we're going to hear that on the next podcast. Also, I want you to know as I read, I get passionate. I sometimes get, you know, my tone will alter as I'm into it. And I was listening as I was editing this and I thought, oh, I sound a little sassy there. Or maybe it sounds accusatory. I need you to understand whenever I write, whenever I speak, whenever I talk, I'm talking about the entire body of Christ. I'm not trying to guilt anyone into feeling anything. However, I believe that sermons, books, scripture, draw us back to Jesus if they're written in the vein of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that sometimes my tone will take on something that is I'm just pointing out. But if you're someone who is very sensitive to tone or or is sensitive to something that you feel you're being accused of, I need you to just disengage from that emotion while you listen to this and try to listen to it in the context of why I write, why I speak, why I talk, why I even do this podcast. It is a seeking of holiness And we can never be holy if our gauge in life is based on the world. And that includes humanity. 
That includes fear of man. For some of you, your fear comes out of the church. You're afraid of what your church friends are going to think. In this particular chapter, I focus more on what other people in our lives will think if we speak out. But I understand that I can't address every little scenario. But I want you to be gracious and just and just realize I'm not trying to guilt anybody into feeling anything, but I am hoping that the Holy Spirit can convict all of us in every area of our lives, including me, where this exists. Also, I want to just remind you guys, I'm not disassociated with the world out there. I have just learned to pull back, not watch the news. I do keep informed, but it's not through the mainstream media news. I find it incredibly divisive, ruled by fear and anger. It is ridiculous. And it's full of lies. Like if you follow so many of those stories out where you actually take the time to listen to the entire thing they're taking a clip from, it's so divisive. It's so rude. It's so manipulative. You have to be wise in what you feed yourself, especially in the season. Fear is such a dominator. And we give in to fear. Now, the Bible does talk about fear of God. We'll talk about that soon. There, There is a difference between fearing and reverence and and adoring and holding God in his proper place and being afraid of things and being afraid of what people think, being afraid of what people can do, a fear of man, a fear that they will shut down what you're trying to say. You know what? The Sadducees and the Pharisees were constantly trying to shut down what Jesus said. He was just wise to their tactics. You have to be wise to the tactics being used against you. And you have to know that the influence that other people often use when it comes to Christianity and faith is coming out of their own life. It can come out of pain. And there are people you won't have a voice with, and you should disengage from that. But when we shut down our morals, when we shut down our convictions, when we shut down who we serve, and we kowtow to what the world is telling us, we have to. You must do this. Basically, you must conform to what we think, or you are A. And they shout that loud. You are phobic fill in the proper word before the word phobic. You are this. You are anti-children. You're anti-woman. You are pro this, pro that, anti this. It's ridiculous. The labeling is insane. And we give into it. We give into it because we're like, wow, if I say that, they're actually going to think I'm a racist. I'm not a racist, but they're going to think I am if I say that. So I'm not going to say that. That is the devil's tactic. This fear of what kind of man-made judgment is going to come on you. And it's so sad. And we're going to call it out as we go through this today. So in Matthew 10, 28, it says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Let me read that again. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We're not meant to fear what people say or do. We are to be more aware of the spiritual world around us than the pettiness of other Christians, other non-Christians, and people we don't know. That requires often pulling back, really assessing the situation, not getting emotionally involved, but not being silent We will not allow any more this culture to tell us what to think or do because we are no longer going to be afraid. They aren't going to like us because you know what? They aren't going to like us. We're followers of Jesus. 
We don't have to be rude, disrespectful, dishonoring, but we are no longer going to use those as an excuse to allow the enemy to take strongholds in our lives and those in our community anymore. Have you ever been afraid of what other people think? Or maybe you just didn't want to be left out? As a former nerd, read, I was not cute or cool in any way. As a former nerd who moved schools far too often, I can often say FOMO and acceptance were a real thing. In fact, it used to dominate a significant portion of my adolescent life. I didn't want to stand out and look unusual because in elementary school and middle school, although you want to be accepted, you'll settle for just not being noticed. I was a kid who was constantly teased for my looks, my intelligence, my willingness to please teachers by doing assignments to the best of my ability. I wanted to be proud of myself and have friends, but alas, you cannot please everyone and achieve the goals you want. A lesson that was painful to learn and still is if I'm being honest. When you grow up being bullied and wanting to be accepted, don't evaporate. In some cases, it barely becomes more sophisticated. The human need for community is wired into us and we are longing for it every day. We long to be connected, to belong, to be loved for who we are. But our society has not made this need easy to accomplish because societal rules are shifting like sand in the wind. We are stuck wondering every day what is acceptable. It's almost crazy, like certifiably crazy, and it's impossible to keep up. Most days, most of us aren't so much going along with the crowd as we're just trying not to be eaten alive by arguments, confrontation, or other such nonsense that rules our lives on a daily basis. Some of us avoid these sort of awkward moments by surrounding ourselves with people who only think the way we do or by isolating ourselves and being around no people at all. That way, it's much more likely we won't have to venture into a conversation, in person or online, that makes us stand out. Others of us avoid seeming different by the aforementioned staying quiet. Sure, we might pray for people, and we should, but we never actually talk to people about the sin in their lives that's consuming them. We aren't bold enough to step out and speak in love, telling them that their choices are leading them away from God. Heck, we aren't even willing to sit and ask genuine questions about how their life is for fear it may lead to a deeper conversation where God can move. Because when God moves, it often gets uncomfortable. Still others of us further add to the problem by trying to blend into the world around us. This group thinks of themselves as sort of a secret agent group for the Lord. They're super sneaky undercover plants in an enemy's camp, so to speak. And one day they will tell people about our God's super secret rescue mission through Jesus, all the while seeming to accept the sin of the world around us. However, funnily enough, that day, the day to tell people about God and his rescue plan through Jesus Christ, that day never comes. So they stay incognito in their relationship and families and online as they continue to wait for the perfect open door to reveal who they really are. And they wait. And they wait and they wait. Do any of these scenarios sound familiar? It's safe to assume that most of us know people, or we are those people, who resemble one of these people who, on some level, deny the impact of our faith in our lives. That's because in the U.S., most Christians are trying desperately to fit in, because our culture beckons it. We fear what others think far more than we fear the consequences of sin. We fear missing out on being accepted, being sophisticated, being trendy, being liked, being popular, being fashionable, being fill in the blank. 
So we try to not seem different than our non-Christian friends, family, and co-workers. We have taken on rhetoric of the world, which is often clothed in a sliver of truth of general observation, and we've reconstructed excuse after excuse to blend into the crowd. Church, we have a serious problem with FOMO. Now, to be fair, our thought in staying silent and accepting the culture around us as more relevant than God's word may be that we don't want to reject people. I mean, we want to seem as though we love them as Jesus loved them. So we remain relevant and approachable by watering down or hiding the fact that we actually do believe Christ and our Savior and are seeking him in his ways. And his way is the only way to salvation. Because ooh, if we said that out loud, whoa. The desire for approachability or to be culturally relevant can be seen in the fact that we spend far more time scrolling through Instagram than meditating on the word of God or praying, she says with conviction as she writes. Or perhaps it's chosen media apps or membership sites or podcasts. Regardless of the media format, we are a generation who is scrolling and watching and listening our lives away. And in the process, most of us are staying in touch with the world around us, but relatively out of touch with God. Or maybe we stay in touch and we read God's word, which, mind you, is a very hard balance since God's word will lead you further and further away from the world and the culture's definition of a good life. This life of watching and reading what our fellow Americans watch and read more than what God has called us to watch and read requires us to be a fully submerged, culturally tapped in bunch of folks. We often defend the watching of media that glorifies murder, incest, lies, abortion, sexual promiscuity, anger, lust, witchcraft, adultery, vanity, pride, robbery, child abuse, and demonic alliances, just to name a few. We spend hours swimming in the world's definition of entertainment and political awareness and social issues of the minute, making sure we're up to par on the latest fear-mongering and hatred. But strangely enough, we cannot find time to fit in and tell even one person about the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ, because man, that would be embarrassing. If we're honest with ourselves, the reason many of us don't want to talk about God is because we ourselves don't want to be consecrated unto God. We don't want to seek holiness. We don't want to be his armor bearer or purified bride or bondservant or any of the other things the Bible calls us to be. Because if we truly were any of those things, then we would stand out. And that's awkward. If our lives were what the Bible says they are to be, it's inevitable that we would stand out against the insanity of our world. Because any life consecrated for Jesus does not and will not ever fit the acceptable false teachings of the world. That person is doomed to never be accepted by the world and its destructive ways. And the sooner we realize that, the better. We as the Church of the U.S. are simply embarrassed to say that we're Christians. Some of us use the excuse that we don't want to be associated with bigots or hateful sorts of people. We don't want people to lump us in with the crazy people akin to those that believe in flat earth or or the cultic leaders of the past. We're afraid that we won't be allowed into the in crowd the world says we should be a part of. Like our high school days, we want to be the nice person or the class clown or the super confident athletic one that seems to have no issue with owning bold decisions. But, and here's the part where you lose a lot of the, I only want God's gifts and blessings and none of his correction or challenge crowd. Christ said his followers would always be part of the unaccepted crowd of misfits. We will always face persecution. And outside of the United States, 
that persecution is far more than the cool kids not letting you sit at their lunch table. In truth, most of us reading this book aren't being told we are bigoted, crazy loons. We aren't facing physical persecution or being fired from work. We aren't being put in jail or tortured for our faith. We are being told to blend in if you want more friends or if you want more followers on social media or if you don't want to be canceled from Twitter. In some capacity, we're being told to shut up and get along with others. And for the most of us, this lack of popularity or acceptance is enough for us to be quiet. And that's heartbreaking. As Christians, we are called to be sanctified, a city on a hill which cannot be hidden. Because we are not made for this world, we are called to reject the lies of this earth and make way for the truth of the gospel and our peace, love, joy, patience, perseverance, and kindness will stand out like a beacon, blinding some and leading others to Christ. However, in most cases, we're so worried about being a part of this world, we have no focus on the fact that we will leave this world behind, dead as a doornail, in what will seem like a few short breaths. And so will our friends, family, neighbors, and co-workers. The very people we're trying to impress or avoid or not challenge. Someday we will leave them in this world behind and cross the thin veil into the never-ending presence of God. From there, you will face judgment and you will learn for certain where you will spend the rest of eternity, with God or separated from him. You will go to heaven with the Father or be separated from him, doomed to hell where the devil and his angels exist to torture souls. And this fate will be the same for every person on the earth who has ever lived. But that's not what God wants for any of us. This is why he sent his son to die for us. This is why we follow him and why we are to tell others about him, to spare them eternal life separated from God. This is why we are called to stand out rather than live a camouflage life of complacency and normalcy. By living for Jesus alone, you can help determine where people end up after they die. Your boldness and love through the Holy Spirit could expose Christ to them and make a way for them to decide to love and follow Jesus as a result. But we must start doing as he said and stop fearing the social consequences that will occur. And yes, they will occur. But think about the eternal payoff in your life and the lives of others around you. What would happen if the wallflowers and the keep-your-head-downers started calmly, lovingly, boldly sharing Christ with those in their lives? What would happen if we did what Christ called us to do? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. What would happen if we stopped being afraid of people and their opinions and started really loving them? After all, it's hard to love someone you live in fear of, isn't it? Is the idea of people going to hell enough to wake us up to opening our mouths and telling others about Jesus? Is it enough to talk to strangers and family about the one and only God? Is it enough to shut off our screens, distance ourselves from the crazy, and focus only on the truth of God? It's time to realize that what you think you are missing out of in the world is far, far less than what you are choosing to miss out on by not following Jesus with your whole heart and life, being one of his disciples. In order to live wholeheartedly for Jesus and follow his commands, it's time to stop fearing man and start fearing and honoring God. Wow, ladies. Okay, Whew, that was a lot. I say that because my throat is a little dry. <laughs> but I want you to sit on that. But I want to leave you with this. 
Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That is how we're to live our lives. Not in arrogance. Not in arrogance. The more we give our lives to the Lord, the more humble we become, the more loving we become. But being silent doesn't necessarily mean we're being humble. It often means we're afraid. There's a great course I'm taking and it's and it's um, by Stand to Reason and it's their Columbo course. And it is a fascinating, wonderful course about getting people to simply open up and talk to you in a truly relational building way and then opening opportunity for you to plant seeds, leading them right to salvation. Often gone are the days of that fast and hard in your face conversion. That's really not the way our culture works. And we're going to talk more about this in the next podcast, but be encouraged to sprinkle some seeds in people's lives today. Encourage them. There are a lot of spiritual people out there, but they're lost. They're following the spirit of the world, right? Some people would call it the spirit of the age. Those strongholds actually aren't new that you're seeing play out. They just might have a slightly hipper message than what they did 100, 200, 300 years ago. But there's a lot of fear of man because if the enemy can get us to fear each other, he's won two thirds of his battle because it's really hard to lead anyone to Christ with your mouth shut. It's not impossible. Your life should stand out, but we should no longer be afraid of what man says. We should fear far more what God is telling us to do. And that goes along with knowing his voice above all others. But I will not go into that today because that is a rabbit trail. And I'm going to pause until next time. Have a wonderful day. Let's pray. God, be with us today as we learn to hear your voice so clearly and so boldly and so so matter-of-factly that we no longer hear the voices of the world louder than yours. Help us prioritize carving out time with you. Our, our habits and our routines need to shift so that we allow you more in our lives. And we ask for that um, conviction from the Holy Spirit for all of us, Lord. And if there are people we have, maybe even for years, have just kept at a distance because we're just so afraid of what they think of us or what they'll say about us, or maybe they've rejected us time and time again, they're maybe our family and they just have nothing to do with us. Give us something to do to reach out to them in a truly loving way. Because everyone wants to feel accepted for who they are, but Jesus often, we have put on clothes of the world, a wardrobe of lies. And who we really are is being covered up and we don't even know it. So Jesus, help us see them how you created them to be in all that you created them to be so that we can love who they truly are rather than who often they're shoving at us. In Jesus' name, amen. I will see you guys in a couple days through the microphone, I guess. Thank you so much, ladies. The next podcast is a good I'm just excited. We're just getting this fear man out of our lives. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you.